What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. It's it's been a while, boys. Uh, anything happened while we were gone the past couple weeks? Uh, oh, I don't know. Let me think of something. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll dive into that. A yeah, little bit, and uh, not to mention, you know, it. We had the um, the one and only take yep. place, right? You know, saw Kyle Larson win that. Yeah, saw him win again last weekend. And the last weekend? Yep. Three times. Three 80, different cars. Two different cars. $80,000 in winnings in just the last four races. They, That's uh, one NASCAR race, though, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia said that he's won over $400,000 since leaving NASCAR and getting into the sprint car midgets. So that's if, if he's getting 50% of the purse uh, for all of his wins... He's not doing too bad, but man, he's got a hell of a schedule put together. To he's racing everywhere all the time. Yeah, he is, and we're not going to dwell too much on uh, the Kyle Larson deal. I mean, everybody and their dogs talking about it right now. But he's running late model this weekend, so I do not think we're going to see him at I eighty on Sunday. Um, he might fly in for the race, so who knows? But but they're racing Saturday night aren't over in Port Royal, aren't they? Yeah, they're racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Port Royal, then Sunday they're off. So there's oh, that's true. There could be a chance he comes, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the house on it or anything. I keep thinking that that race is on Saturday, not Sunday at, at I eighty. Nope, Saturday night they are at US thirty six in Cameron, Missouri. Tonight on the podcast, we're going to be joined with uh, somebody uh, everybody pretty much well knows. Uh, Paul's the wall. Paul McMahon's going to join the program. We want to thank Brad for hooking that up. He's one of my favorite. The guy, nice, super nice guy. He'll talk to anybody. Um, everybody knows that I'm a huge Sammy fan, but in the last two or three years, I've talked to Paul McMahon a hundred times more than I ever talked to Sammy. Paul's just so easily approachable. He's a nice guy. He's genuine. He, he's he, he's just he's one of the reasons you like sprint car racing. Uh, he's 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 there and he's, he's a fan favorite. Everybody likes him. He's easy, easy to talk to, and so. Um, yeah, I just, I've liked Paul for the, I, he's really been one of my favorites in the last, oh, probably eight to 10 years, just because Sammy started falling off and not racing as much. And I needed the next guy and, and Paul was doing well in the CJB car. And he was just, he was just the guy that I liked. And then he was so easy to talk to. And that just made, made me even a bigger fan. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I remember watching him. I, if, I think of Paul, McMahon, I think of the U2 car, but yeah. he mentioned the CBJ car, the 51. He's been a lot of rides and, uh. It's good to have him on there. It definitely, uh, you know, one of the long timers of the sport, you know, kind of, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word dying breed, but, you know, kind of old school with the outlaws and that kind of that next next generation and getting ready to pass the torch. But it's great, great to have Paul on. It's great to have somebody who will be on who said they would be on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. You mentioned Paul is like one of the old timers now, but I remember when I first got in, he was, him and Pittman were the young kids coming in. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's definitely making me feel old. It's a big deal <laughs> when he got in the uh, Stanton 75. Yeah. Now, so so uh, we'll move on. Uh, we got some shout-outs here. Um, I want to start off. I want to shout-out Stu Snyder. He's been on the show before, but uh, he picked up the 2020 Sprint Series in Nebraska Championship with two wins in that series. Uh, 
seven wins overall this season, and he picked up a huge win this past weekend at US 36 at a place that damn near killed him twice. So yeah. uh, he finally got that monkey off his back. So uh, congrats, Stu. It's uh, great to see him in victory lane there. Yeah, he, he won that uh, NM, what, SSN championship. He actually tied with Tyler Drukey, but the tiebreaker goes to the guy that with the most wins, and Stu has that, uh, two wins, and Tyler didn't have any in the series. So Stu wins that. So congratulations to Stu. And, yeah, I called it. Uh, he slayed the dragon down there in US 36 because he's been trying to win a race there after that track uh, killed him, uh, tried to kill him. And so props to him for having the balls to go back down there and do that and then to actually accomplish that, that had to be a very emotional night for him. Yeah, yeah. When, when, we, uh, when I had him on, we were talking about it a little bit, and it's one of the episodes I think that uh, had some technical difficulties recording when we had him back on again. But uh, I mentioned to him that winning out of the track would be like a big F you to that racetrack, so it's good to see he got that statement. I wonder if he stood on the wing and flipped him off, flipped <laughs> off the track. <laughs> Knowing Stu, uh, he probably did. <laughs> Well, I'm going to send a uh, shout-out tonight to Gunner Pike. Again, another hard luck shout-out. Uh, he had a nasty wreck uh, early in the season. Eagle probably caught more air out there than any sprint car has for a while. And then uh, last week suffered another wreck that ends. It's going to end his season. I believe it was a C4 vertebrae that was fractured. Oh, yeah, I think so I, from his Facebook post. Yeah, pretty rough. And so it's it's kind of sad because, you know, he's kind of a checkers or records sort of season. This, you know, are just doing pretty well and then uh, just having these really bad luck. Uh, Cade Higday is going to fill in. And, um, you know, that team's going to fill in for the 305. So happy to see that. But yeah. all, all, all the best to, to uh, Gunner Pike. And my shout-outs kind of go out to uh, the, the three track champions at Knoxville uh, that were just declared track champions because of the Knoxville canceling their rest of the racing season. But uh, Brian Brown, of course, won again in the 410s. Um, Carson McCarl went back-to-back in the 360s. And then our own uh, Matt Stelzer from Omaha, he ended up going back-to-back in the 305s. Or, no, they're not 305s, but they're – crate pro sprints yeah, or whatever the pro they're sprints called. or something like that i still call them the 305s because that's i just call them the 305s but uh the pro sprints uh, matt's uh his dad and my dad used to race a lot together years ago and so they know each other really well and uh, so it's good to see an omaha guy to run over there to knoxville and take care of business and even though the race was shortened on both ends basically uh, he went over there and took care of business in the 99 car and uh uh, so props to Matt Stelzer for uh, taking home another track championship over there in Knoxville. You know, I haven't really kept up with Knoxville so much this year. I, I obviously I never I didn't even make a single trip up there. But you mentioned Carson McCarl picking up back to back three sixty one championships. It's nice to see somebody other than Clint Gardner win that thing. Yeah, something's going on with Clint. Clint hasn't even been in the ballpark this year. He, I mean, I I would have to go look, but if he has a podium finish, I'd be surprised. But even a top five, he just something's changed with his program and he's just not been that competitive this year but uh yeah props to carson um he uh, he's kind of doing his own car his own thing he's getting his own funding uh i went to jethro's barbecue there in des moines a couple weeks ago and i look out across the street there's a sports bar right up by adventureland and i'll be be dang if his race car wasn't sitting out there in front i guess that sports bar sponsors him and uh uh, so that's great for Carson to to kind of carry on the family name and winning championships over there. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And obviously, McCarl, you know, it's an synonymous, synonymous name with Knoxville, and definitely carrying on that legacy. Um, you know, getting championships just like his dad and and just like his grandpa before him. You know, I can't imagine how hard it would be to 
have one sprint car in the family, let alone three. <laughs> and I, to my understanding, none of them work during the summer. Um, they'll get a, like Carson, he sells uh, cars in the wintertime or in the off season, but to be able to field three cars, and I know they have a bunch of small sponsors, not really any big sponsors. Um, Terry, of course, has a couple of bigger ones, but uh, even he says that they're, they're not big enough. So They're never big enough. Yeah, they never are. But to be able to do that with three cars under one roof is just – it's impressive, and, and they're, they're fast. Uh, Terry's kind of off a step lately the last couple of years, but Austin's right there. Uh, he's won a couple of good races. Carson, he's won some races in 360s, and it sounds like he's going up to 410s next year. I listened to another podcast, and uh, he mentioned that that's his goal is to run 410s next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned they've been around forever. Um, I was checking points last night before the whole um, notice of Knoxville canceling their season because I knew that the end of the season had to be coming close. I think we're going to try to reach out to one of those three track champions and uh, see if we can get them on the show. That would be fantastic. It would be nice to have an outside, you know, kind of a Knoxville perspective. It's a different place. You know, just the way it all, obviously, yeah, you know, national, but it is just a different place. It's it's an entity unto itself. Yeah, and I I mentioned, uh, not mentioned it, but I talked to Eric Arnold. He hosts the uh, the Dirt from Knoxville, their podcast up there. And just kind of, you know, trying to collaborate with him a little bit and see what kind of numbers he was getting and how how we each other can grow our podcast. And he mentioned, you know, not to stick just to local stuff. So that's why I think we're going to reach out to the Knoxville guys. Another reason why we got Paul McMahon coming on, not only because the outlaws are here in the state this weekend, but it's just an outlaw guy, all-star guy. So You know, we kind of forgot Darren Pittman agreed to be on this show before uh, the outlaw race, and we kind of blew him off. Well, I think the news of his uh, <laughs> current situation kind of well, made it a little bit, you know. Paul's the same. I don't think he's yeah. going to be racing at I-80 this weekend, so. That's true. He is taking the weekend off. Yeah, so. Well, well he took last weekend off. Uh, 14 days. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, was it Austin Dillon and NASCAR was out five days? I don't know how many they played. I think got Jim, that worked out. I yeah. think Jimmy Johnson was only out for like two and a half days. <laughs> anyway, well, well, we got Paul, and I'm excited to have him on, so we'll, uh, we'll see what he has to say. Yep, and uh, I think we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump back on, and we'll have James Rowland from Eagle Raceway kind of recap the past couple of weeks out there at Eagle Raceway. and. See what they're doing to prepare for the uh, IMCA Race Saber Nationals that are coming up Labor Day weekend. The largest sprint car race in the country, the Race Saber Nationals, presented by Sunbelt Rentals, returns to Eagle Raceway over Labor Day weekend. Four days of non-stop sprint car action topped with Dr. Danger performing spectacular, heart-pumping, hair-singing stunts. Over 100 sprint cars from across the nation will attack Eagle Raceway for the Race Saber Nationals, presented by Sunbelt Rentals. Get your four-day passes for a limited-time price of only $45. Visit EagleRaceway.com for tickets and information. The Race Saver Nationals. Be there. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We have James Rowland on the phone with us now talking Eagle Raceway. Obviously, we didn't have a podcast last week, so we got two weeks of uh, action to catch up on. James, uh, what's been going on at the racetrack? Oh, you know, not a whole lot. The normal Saturday stuff. The points battle's getting a little bit tighter as we're winding down this is going to be the last points race before the big race saver nationals where i get to go hang out with you all day thursday and friday so you know just running through there we've kind of gotten back into the swing of repeat winners the last two weeks doug lovegrove got another one and then 
uh trevor grossenbacher picked one up and maybe i talked to you guys last time love, love grove one but drukey picked up a second one of the year as well i think you uh jinxed that whole uh, no repeat winners thing because uh once you said you were hoping to see it for all year get a different winner they've been knocking them off left and right now <laughs> i never said i wasn't i wasn't for fucking things up <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah you mentioned that uh drukey one i he that was two weeks ago and then grossenbacher picked up the win this past weekend uh definitely making that points battle interesting with uh grossenbacher picking up another win yeah absolutely i'm i mean just rolling into last into the last week everything's pretty tight except for the hobby stock so we're, we're really going to be in for a good night of racing and the car counts have been you know, they're definitely not stagnant. A couple weeks were up and a couple weeks were, you know, down a little bit. But we've really been rolling strong these last couple weeks. You know, a couple more guys starting to roll into town to get some laps before Race Saver Nationals. And that's what we like to see. Yeah. You, what what kind of new guys have rolled into town? I, I know the Race Saver Nationals car counts up to 108 now on their entry list. Uh, did we see any new guys last weekend? Obviously, I wasn't there again, but and I won't be there uh, this weekend. You know, this weekend was kind of weird for me getting back into the pit reporting deal with Tom back and everything. So I didn't catch a whole lot of names. Everything just kind of got thrown at me all at once. I know that uh, Nate Johnson, he's kind of more of a local guy from somewhere in Nebraska, but he's been back out the last couple of weeks trying to get his setup ready to roll from there. Uh, you know, everybody knows that Gunner got banged up Saturday night, and they announced today that Kate Hickday was going to come up and run his car this weekend so a knoxville iowa guy is going to be back at eagle this weekend getting ready for race saver national for sure for sure yeah i saw kate's uh that uh kate's going to drive that gunner pike machine i think that's going to be a hell of a shoe in that car uh unfortunately gunner banged himself up with that vertebrae and whatnot it's, it's a bad deal to see he's having a hell of a rookie of the year campaign going on yeah and definitely an incredible rookie year and you hate to see it end that way but the important thing is, is it sounds like he's going to make a fairly quick full recovery and that's about the best that you can ask for, given the circumstances. Yeah, it's it's tough seeing that. You know, he's having a good year, great rookie year, and to see someone get uh, banged up like that, you know, have just two really rough wrecks is is pretty sad. But you know, that's that's just part of sprint car racing, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just one of the dangerous things that is associated with this sport, unfortunately. But we keep getting safer and safer as the years go by, and some things are just unavoidable. Now, we, we mentioned, obviously mentioned a few times already, that the Race Saber Nationals are coming up. You and I are going to do some uh, videos and some uh, interviews to play during the, uh, I guess, the live broadcast of it. Uh, Brad's pretty quiet in, in the podcast when we talk about Eagle Raceway. How can we convince him to go out there and check out this, uh, this uh, huge event going on? I mean, he's, uh, I don't know. I know that he makes his own beer, or is that Jason that makes his own beer? One of you guys is the brew guy, so, I do, I, you know. We're currently drinking a Brad Light. I just kegged it last week, so uh, it's my Brad Light. All right, a, a Brad Light. Well, if you can compare that to a Bud Light, I could buy you some beer that weekend. I mean, <laughs> um, the only other possible draw that I can think of is after the race, and that's just because I bought about 300 sets of beads. You know, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I think about the only way you're going to get me out this year, out there this year is uh, a, a one man suite, a one pa- one man pass up to the suite because uh, this uh, this COVID thing is just not for me. And my daughter just got through with testing positive from from uh, oh, being no. over in Knoxville, so this cat's going to be watching it from afar. So and by Knoxville, you mean she was at Dingus? Dingus three nights in a row. It happened oh. in Knoxville. It didn't happen. I don't think it happened at the racetrack, but we'll get into that in another time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just – this year was just – I'm not even going to the outlaw race this weekend and on Sunday night at I-80 just because uh, 
I'm I'm one of those people that I'm just not comfortable around uh, big crowds, and there's probably going to be a big crowd at both places. <laughs> I don't blame you a bit. Y'all got to well, you got to do what you got to do to protect yourself and yeah. the ones that you love. So for the people that want to stay home, that's fine. I'll definitely make sure to buy one of those sporty new Eagle Raceway face masks and uh, <laughs> send it along with Brandon for you. <laughs> Thanks for sure. You know, for sure. Call it your 305 fan starter kit. <laughs> hey James, all right, is that going to be done on a pay per view this year? The- uh, it is going to be done. As, as far as I know, last year it was done through IMCA TV, but mm-hmm. I think we finally got our weekly streaming service set up and rolling to where we're pretty confident and putting out a good broadcast. So I believe that's the way that we're going to go. Don't quote me, but I'm I'm about ninety percent sure. Cool, cool. That's great for anybody that uh, wants to check it out. It's it's a great show. I mean, if you like a lot of sprint cars. The uh, the race saver nationals are definitely a place to be, and I'll definitely have the Eagle Raceway flip count going on again at Twitter. So. <laughs> and to be, you fair, know, I still feel like we're under a dozen for the regular season, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to surpass that here in a couple weeks. We'll we'll probably pass that in the first two nights. To be fair, I have been at the race saver nationals the last three years. It's just uh, um, just struggle to make it out for that weekly show. Yeah. Sometimes that's just the way of the road, boys. It looks like Mother Nature's going to smile on you guys this weekend. It's going to be like 84 degrees on Saturday, so uh, you can't ask for a picture, a better night than, than that to go out to watch the races. And if you're getting bigger car counts with more 305s, that's, that's, uh, if, if you're into that, that's a great, uh, great night of racing for, what is it, $15, $10? 12 bucks. 12 bucks. 12 bucks. Can't, that's, that's hard to beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're unedited. It's like a limp dick. You just can't beat it. <laughs> For sure. Uh, speaking of being unedited, I want to bring this up a little bit. There was some drama going on on the Facebook with their or with our flag man, Caden Murray. Uh, some idiot got on there and started, you know, saying how he sucks and whatnot. It's, it's a, to me, it's a whole new uh, regime out there. You know, you got new announcers in the booth and new flag men and all that. I got to say you guys are doing a hell of a job. Well, I definitely appreciate it. The goal, you know, at least, and I, I can't speak for the flagman. I know that Caden, uh, this is his first year doing it. I'm not exactly sure on Trent, the assistant to the flagman's uh, history, but, you know, you do have new guys up there, and I would assume that they have the same goal that Dan and I have in the booth or in the pit reporting or wherever, and that is to get better and better each week. Never stop improving. And, I, you know, the first night out, there was definitely some – you know, there was some shit, but that's to be expected from somebody that's never gotten to be in that kind of spotlight before. And that's just the way that it goes. And he's definitely making some steady improvements. But what really gets me and, you know, there was a point in my life where I was the same type of keyboard warrior. But nowadays I try to cast everything in the most positive way possible. And for you to call somebody out when you've never been on a racetrack before. You know, you've never seen the way that that restart rolls or the way that you look out that net and see the tire that you can't pass before you get to. So it just, you know, it's kind of bullshit to me for somebody that's never, ever done it to go not only bash on something that he doesn't know, but then to go out and run over some just totally fucking ridiculous rumors. Well, you know, I've been, you know, haven't been on the end of that. Everybody thinks it's the flagman that makes all the calls and everything revolves around the flagman. And there are officials, there's your race director. You know, if you've ever listened on the radio, you know that the those calls come from a lot of places. And, and it ends with, you know, to my knowledge, it, it pretty much ends with Roger, which is good because there's got to be a guy where, you know, the buck stops with one guy. 
but there's a lot of input. Consistency. And, yeah, and it's but it's you know it's there's a lot of eyeballs out there. And so what you know, and what I like about Eagle and what a lot of tracks will do is, you know, one guy will say something and you know, usually you get another guy will bring up saying, Well, no, that's not how I saw it, or that's what they did, or he got different levels of experience and it, it's it's all a learning process and it's all about, you know, gelling in with all the officials and it but you know, the flagman's the guy that's the most visible. He's the guy standing out there, the guy closest to the fans and um, but it it would surprise people how little the flagman has on a lot of the input. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. The best suggestion that I can give to any grandstand racer is to do like I did, get on Amazon and buy a GPX digital AM FM radio, buy a decent pair of earbuds and some AAA batteries and just listen because you do get to hear not only what the announcers are saying, but you get to hear that receiver and man, you should you should hear how irate it gets some nights when people just can't seem to get it right. Yeah, well, Jay, or Jason and I both know we we both have like a race basically a receiver. We have a scanner down with us. Oh yeah, yeah. Most of the yep. time when we're in the infield, you know, it's more or less for a safety issue with us. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a red flag, they'll say you know red flag and four or whatnot. That way, we're aware of where safety personnel and all that's going to be going. So we definitely hear the Rogers calls. We hear the tow truck operators and. We hear everything, so... Oh, so you guys get all the unedited goodness. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's quite comical on most nights. Eagle <laughs> <laughs> Raceway, too hot for radio. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, but I, I agree. It it would be some, you know, get that scanner on some night, and you'll hear the whole process. I mean, there are, I I can't, regardless of where I've been, I've never heard a place really... I mean, yes, I'm not saying every place makes a good call, but I have heard very few places where... It isn't a call that hasn't been thought of. You know, there, there's been some deliberate thought in that call. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I don't know how you can criticize something that you don't know much about. You've never experienced it. You've never done it. So how can you criticize being a poor flagman if you've never flagged? I learned that lesson years and years ago. I was uh, back home, and uh, I was asked to officiate a town team basketball game, and those are the worst because these – these older guys think they're still high school kids and they're not. And I got yelled at from the tip off to the end. And I vowed I will never yell at another official again, because that was extremely hard to officiate a basketball game. And, and so to, to yell at these officials uh, and not knowing what they're experiencing and, and especially what's going on in the headset, because like, like Jason said, they're getting told a lot about what they're supposed to be doing, throw the yellow, throw the green or whatever. And and so to criticize them on something that you don't have any any idea what they're talking about is 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 uh, kind of amazing to me. It just it it can't accomplish anything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what I j- got from the gist of the whole Facebook rant thing was some asshole was just pissed his driver didn't win. And the nine nine percent of the time, that's what it is. Yep, poor sportsmanship and. You know, that's not what I'm about, and I hope that that's not what anybody else is about. But sadly, we know that there are some. All right. Well, thanks for uh, jumping on with us. Uh, Like I said, I will not be there. I'm going to make the trek out to uh, Cameron, Missouri for the Outlaws this weekend, but I sure as hell will be there for the Race Saver Nationals. Well, I will probably see you on Sunday if you make your way out to I-82. Yep, I'll be there too. So, all right. Thanks for jumping on, and we'll we'll catch you later. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was James Rowland with his Eagle Raceway recap and a little ranty rant on uh, some Facebook warriors. Sometimes it's not even worth your time to get on Facebook or Twitter. 
especially in times like now. It's, no. it's better to stay off of it all. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another break, and we're going to jump back on, and we'll be joined by Paul McMahon. You wanted the best? They're coming for breast. It's the World of Outlaws Sprint Cards. The premier winged warriors battle it out. The World of Outlaws Superstars. It's the greatest show on dirt. The World of Outlaws Sprint Cards are returning to I-80 Speedway. Quite the inter- uh, quite the introduction music there, isn't it, Paul? Yes, great. <laughs> All, <laughs> <right. laughs> All right, race fans, uh, we got uh, Paul McMahon on the line. Uh, we're calling him to see how things are going, and uh, um, he's back home in Nashville, Tennessee, right now. And uh, um, so we're just going to sit down in the next twenty minutes or so and just see how things are going. So, Paul, how's things going tonight? Everything's going good, man. Just uh, sitting at home, good weather, and relaxing. Well, good. One quick question, then we're going to move right past this. How's the family doing with the COVID situation? Uh, I, I know that you uh, put out there on Twitter that uh, you and your wife and uh, Braden said that he tested positive. So, uh, everybody doing all right? Yeah, everybody's doing good. Uh, you know, I've never had no symptoms. Uh, Jen had just slight um, flu symptoms. Uh, Braden basically just got a, like a like a cold. Uh, you know, everybody's doing good. And, uh, all clear to uh, all clear coming up. Tomorrow is when I get the all clear to go back and do what I love to do. Well, good. Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I messaged Braden uh, last night saying we were going to have you on. Uh, one thing I wanted to do with the with the podcast is just kind of tell stories, basically. Ask him if he had any good stories. Uh, his response was, uh, I don't think I have any that can be on the air. Then I reminded him we were unedited, but he still didn't come up with anything. <laughs> so first thing I want to come up with is just your first outlaw win. Do you, what do you remember about that night? I have the date, uh, uh, the uh, 2001 at State Fair Speedway. So it was a it was a cold, drizzly day in uh, Sedalia, Missouri. Um, everything just kind of worked out for me that day. We qualified. We ended up qualifying, I think, 17th or something like that. And um, back then, only top 16 made the inversion. I believe how it was, and so somehow. I don't remember how what worked out, but somebody got penalized or something happened. So I ended up being 16th quick, starting on the front row, winning my heat race, winning the dash, and winning the main event that night. I mean, it was just uh, everything kind of aligned for you know aligned itself to uh, to put me in that position to win my first outlaw show. It was uh, I, I remember it was cold, drizzling. Uh, I was all by myself. I had no family with me. Uh, driving down the boat, driving, <laughs> driving back to the next race in your motorhome kind of sucks when you win your first outlaw race and uh, nobody there to celebrate. <laughs> you just got to drive on to the next race by yourself. What car are you driving at that point? I was driving from Warren Johnson, the United Express Line YouTube car. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking before we came on the air, and when uh, when we uh, hear Paul McMahon's name, that's what uh, we the car that we we rem- remember you driving is the blue U two. Yeah, that's that's my favorite car paint scheme that you you driven. So every time I hear your name, yeah, that's, that's, that's what comes kinda, from my mind. That's what got me, you know, kind of got me into the 
the more nationally known. I, I ran a little bit, you know, I was out on the road in 97 and 98, but really not until 99 when I got in the U2 car and, and started running all-star races and running all over the, uh, a little bit more running competitively is when uh, people started noticing me a little bit. Paul, you know, you, you've you been doing this for a long time. What's it like to raise a family and being a race car driver, a full-time race car driver? It's, it's something very unique, but I think it's sometimes people don't understand the whole experience. Well, the, to raise a family, you better have a good wife because uh, she does uh, most of the raising of the family. Um, you know, I mean, we always said, you know, my, my joke when I was out on the road was, yes, I'm married, but my wife is a single mom because um, I was always gone. Um, you know, I mean, when the kids were little, you know, it was great. Um, right up until Braden started school, um, you know, we, we bought a motor home and then we traveled around for the first, uh, five, five, six years, uh, running up and down the highway, you know, having a great time as a family. And then, uh, the damn school thing kind of interfered and, um, Braden had to start school. And so Jan had to be home more, but we lived in Indiana at that time. So I was able to get home a little bit, but not as much as uh, as she would have liked or, or needed. Do, do, I'm sorry. Uh, does your daughter uh, enjoy racing? I mean, I know she's busy with other stuff, and but uh, everybody knows that Braden's story, so we know that he's involved. But uh, does your daughter have any interest in it? Does she come to the racetrack very often? Kylie loves it, um, but she only likes to go to certain places. She's not a... Um, you know, she follows me and wants to know how her dad did every night, but uh-huh. she's not, um, she's not the one that if, if she doesn't go to a race or if, if it's somewhere, um, close, she'll definitely be there. You know, she came to Bulls Gap this year. Um, she's one of them girls that she loves going to Kings Royal and she loves going to Knoxville and, um, she gets to see all her friends that, you know, we grew up, you know, they basically grew up with around that time because everybody shows up at them two races. Yeah. So, um, she enjoys it. But it's not uh, it's not life or death like it is for for Braden. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's she's in college right now, right? Or she's still yeah, in high school? Yeah, she goes to University of Tennessee. Okay, no, okay. she's in her senior year at the University of Tennessee. Okay. You know, you're running with the All Star with the All Stars now. Uh, this weekend, I believe you got is it Justin Peck driving the car for you this weekend? Well, or, or Justin drove last last week. weekend. I'm okay. actually going to be back in the seat this weekend. Okay, so um, yeah, what's what's kind of kind of for the idiot like me? What's kind of the main difference besides all the travel between the Outlaws and the All Stars, or is the competition just as tough on both series? You know, I mean, the, the, the it's definitely the competition's tough. Uh, you know, you look at Corey Lyson, you look at you know guys that are that are racing with the All Stars, all have won or most have won world outlaw races. Um, they just don't, you know, we don't run all the time. So, I mean, the competition is just as tough. Uh, the outlaws might have a few more guys, but on your, on your normal, every given night where we go in, we go to Pennsylvania a lot with the all-stars. We go to Ohio um, and, and you go to Attica and, and Wayne County and, some of these other places that, you know, guys like Cap Henry and Byron Reed and, you know, you, you can name, you can go on down a list of the local guys that are, are, are tough to race against also. And our format works a little bit better for the local guys uh, with the all-stars. Um, it, it's not so prominent on qualifying. Um, you know, a lot of them, a lot of cars like an all-star car 
when we go run with the outlaws, we're just an average qualifier, um, but we can race good. And, and that's the problem with the, with, with our way, the outlaw format is you better have a motor that rips to qualify because if not, you really don't have a chance to win. And that's what's, uh, that's what lost a lot of the cars showing up at a lot of racetracks. It's just a lot of these guys don't have motors to, to qualify in the top two and, and, or the front row of a of a heat racing right. uh, makes it tough to to go on and win a race. So where the all stars, you only qualify against your group. You know, you you have a better chance of of, of winning races. What's uh What's your favorite track that you uh, race at with the all stars? Do you have one? My favorite place with the all stars, and it's I don't know. Um, you know, my, my favorite track is Hogstock in, in Indiana um, okay. in Grand Forks, but I don't get to go to those with the All-Stars. But uh, we just went to a place in Oklahoma this year for the first time. It's Red Dirt Raceway, Red Dirt Valley Raceway, something like that, yeah. in yeah. Meeker, Oklahoma. Yeah, Red Dirt's a badass place. It's probably place. one of the coolest racetracks I've ever been to. I mean, I sucked. I ran like 11, <laughs> and I had I had a blast on this racetrack. Well, speaking of your team, the 13 car, how do you pronounce your owner's last name? Is it Booch or Book or Buck? I, I, I've always struggled with that. <laughs> it's Book. Book. Um, yeah, like like peekaboo with a with an ook yeah. on the end. Book. Really? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm wearing one of your I brand mean, new... I people t- call him Bush. They call him, you know, Bosch. They call him also... I mean, hell, the All-Stars last year... Um, gave his trophy to him, and then it said Tom Bush, Bush B U S H, and they, they, they can't even get it right. So See, I thought it was you can Bush. Call him whatever you want. <laughs> I'll do what you do and call him Misfit Motorsports. That's everybody knows what that is. That's easier, yeah. I I was not at the Knoxville Raceway this this last or week or two ago. But one thing I noticed watching on Dirt Vision going into three, it seemed like drivers were adjusting their line going into three to block the person behind them. Like they were watching the TV screen going into three and seeing that the car behind them was either going high or going low to try to get around them. Can you really see that screen clear enough to know whether you need to go low or go high to block that guy behind you? Or is it just a coincidence that I was just noticing when I was watching? I think it's more of a coincidence. Um, I mean, you could see a little bit, but if you're looking at, at, at that, that screen, you can see it for a little bit, you know I mean? you. But to, if they're not on you, I mean, if they're not physically videoing you, you're not going to see yourself. It's more of a feel thing. Okay. Um, it's something that, you know, I, I hate it because, but we all do it because it's the way of the world now. But, um, you know, if you can move, move a car and get, get them in dirty air, it disrupts their car so bad that, that you can sometimes, get away from them where they, you won't, you won't even see them again or, or, you know, sometimes they can just screw yourself and they drive by you anyway. So, I mean, I've tried to block and, and, and the guy just kind of laughs at me and drives by me on the other side. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's your own worst enemy sometimes. So I, you know, I was gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm not going to make this a, a Kyle Larson fanboy conversation here, real quick, but I saw something you post on Twitter about Kyle Larson. So I'm going to just go there real quick because I'm going to go with someone who's been around, who's raised to the top level. What's making him so fast? Uh, he just seems to be doing something different out there. I mean, obviously going faster than everybody, but what is it? Cause I, when I saw that and you, you mentioned that's like, you're seeing something that maybe the average guy ain't seeing. I, 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 I mean, I wish I knew, um, <laughs> 
You know, I mean, I, I honestly wish I knew. I mean, the guy, if you just watch Kyle Larson, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to watch him when he was racing go-karts when he was a kid out in California to starting in sprint cars. Didn't get to see him a whole lot, but then when he finally turned 16 and they let him run with the outlaws, I got to watch him then. The kid has more car control than, than most people in sprint car racing. You know, there's a few Donnie shops got great car control. You know, Steve Kinzer, you, you, the great ones have great, but Kyle Larson's just, there's something different about him, you know, and, and I can't, I can't, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. I mean, you know, you'll say, Oh, it's, it's Paul Silva. Well, Paul Silva is damn good, but you know, he went last year or two years ago, whatever it was, and, and got into Ricky Stenhouse's car and went to Eagle and won a world outlaw show. Mm-hmm. That was a badass race. Something about this kid. I mean, the kid, a kid, he's thin, <laughs> but he is a kid to me. Um, but if you watch Kyle, Kyle makes more speed than anybody in the country from entry to center. Somehow, I don't know how he does it. And it's not like just, you know, putting your right foot down and holding on. I mean, it's, it's not that because everybody runs it to, can run the car that far in. Somehow, he just makes more miles per hour than everybody right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome to watch. I mean, I hate racing against it, yeah. but I mean, it, it is, it is the, probably the most people don't realize how great they got right now to get to watch Kyle Larson. I mean, I was fortunate enough. I got to watch Steve Kinzer. I got to watch Doug Wolfgang. I got to watch Donnie shots. I got to watch Daniel Ososki, you know, in, in, in those times when they were doing this, this, this type of things. And, so people just because he ain't gonna be here. I mean, he's he's not gonna be here much longer. No, we all no, know that. I agree. Yeah, you know, Brad, enjoy it while you can. Brad's a little upset you didn't mention mention uh, Sammy Swindell on that uh, list of greats. <laughs> well, <laughs> me and Brad got an understanding. We, uh, we I know, <laughs> I know where you're coming from. <laughs> You know, I forgot who it was on Twitter, but somebody pointed out what you just said. They had a still shot of a picture of, of Kyle running second to, to Logan going into one, and he was a long ways away. And then one second later, he was damn near on Shugart's bumper. And that just showed mm-hmm. how much speed he carried going into that corner. And and it and it shows that he saves his tires because I was it last year there was some stat that he won four major races with the same right rear tire. And and. And it just uh, it, everybody's just an on for anybody to pick him apart. Uh, they they need to go hobby stock racing or something because you just need to sit back and enjoy this right now. Well, I mean, you know that's that's just the world we live in. Everybody everybody wants to be everybody wants you to be as miserable as they are. So they just try to find something to pick people apart on, and um, you know, you just you don't you know like you, you put on there the other day that it's a good time to get off the Twitter roll every. Every day is a good day to be off of social media. Just, <laughs> you, For sure. you just can't you, you can't always be off of social media in, in the in the line of work that I do now. Right. I mean, I, I want to get on there because I want to watch the video highlights and I want to watch when Paul McMahon announces that he missed another flight uh, to to wherever he's going <laughs> or something. But but I get so sick and tired of that other stuff too. And so you just gotta. I've I've got to the point where I just skim right through some of that stuff just to just to survive and try to stay relatively positive. But anyway, um, uh, I guess well, I don't know where I was going with that. But 
Well, Paul, I really appreciate you. I, I'm, you're, you. Like I said earlier on about you before you got on here, that uh, you're. I've talked to you more the last three or four years than I've ever talked to Sammy, and I've been a Sammy fan since forever and a day. And so I really appreciate how um, approachable you are and, and nice and easy to talk to uh, in the pits or wherever. And uh, and so uh, um, my daughter's even mentioned several times that she talked to you in Knoxville, and you're just you're just a nice, pleasant, easy guy to talk to. And so I really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, I appreciate the fans, um, as much as they appreciate me. Cause I was that, I was that guy once I was, I, I still am, I still am a race fan. So, I mean, I appreciate, um, you, you guys coming out or spending your hard earned money to come watch us race so I can make a living doing it. So, um, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the thing is a lot of, a lot of our racers nowadays, they think they're bigger than the sport and, there's nobody bigger than, than the sport you're trying to, that you love to do. By the way, how is it working nine to five now? It's got to suck, doesn't it? I, I actually enjoy it. Oh, do you? I really <laughs> enjoy my job. Uh, I'm fortunate, you know, I, I, that I work for a company that, uh, you know, one, we're involved in racing with quick car racing products, uh, more of the late model, um, modified pavement stuff. We do a lot of wiring harnesses and switch panels and whatnot. We do, you know, we make the digital gauges for the sprint cars and the midgets. So we're, I'm still involved in, in racing. Um, you know, I, one, I figured back in 2017 when I decided I didn't want to be, um, traveling up and down the road every day with the world of outlaws that, um, you know, racing ain't going to last forever. I better figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, just fortunate enough to, to come across quick car. That's 20 minutes from home. Um, you know, they let me, they, they let me go racing. And when I'm done racing, I'll still be a part of racing and, and still be a part of the sport. I love. Cool. Paul, before we let you go, um, I, I want to ask you one last question. Um, the outlaws are making the return to IAD speedway here in Greenwood, uh, since the first time since like 2016. What do you remember about that place? And, and, and what is it going to take to go around that place, go fast and, uh, pick off that victory? The, 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 the IAD is probably, man, it's, it's one of the, coolest racetrack it's for a big track it, it races it races it races small if that makes any sense for as big as it is um but it's it's you know high bank you uh, got to have a motor that runs something better rip because um that place is is tough on motors um last time i was there um it rained all day it was a little wet um but it's it's one of the places that it's fun um i've i <laughs> My what I remember of I eighty every time someone says I eighty to me is uh, my first year. It was two thousand and three, I think it was, and I just got hired, but to drive the Vibran Selma Shell number eleven H. Yeah, and one of the first races at, at there in Lincoln, and I go out and we qualified very well, made it in a dash, and I destroyed a race car in a dash. Um, Brooke Tatnell and Randy Hannigan got together. I had nowhere to go and I destroy this thing. And I'm, I'm just thinking to myself going, man, they just, I just put my seat in this car yesterday <laughs> and these guys just hired me and I just destroyed a race car. You know, they, they, we got her all back together and I got, didn't get it back together. Got another car down, went out, ran the feature. But, uh, every time we talk about I 80, that's what pops in my head. I got a story for you about I 80. I remember involving you. <laughs> you're gonna love it. You were you were you were in the U two car. <laughs> you were in the U two car, and 
Yeah. To this day, I don't know what you did, but you did something to piss Sammy off. And under caution, he ran you ran you down. Like coming out of two, he ran you down, and I think he jumped your tire. I think he did everything but flip over you. You want the whole story? Hey, we do. That's what we're here for. Yes, sir. You want the whole story? I was just telling someone this story the other day. <laughs> we were in. It all started back. I was in a YouTube car. It started in Houston, Texas track is completely rubbered up i'm running fourth sammy's running fifth and somehow i get spun out (laughs) by this guy in the one car (laughs) so i'm sitting there in the rubber spun out like just a few laps to go and he comes by and he waves to me gives me the old sammy wave (laughs) and and that just got my blood boiling but i had nothing you know, I, I, I'm not a guy to go in and just use my car as a weapon and right. run into somebody because it doesn't cost me money. It right. costs my owner money, right. and the guy's got to fix it. So I just put it in my elephant memory bank, and we're at I-80, and I flat sucked, and he lapped me. And I believe he was leaving, and somehow it was in the rubber, and somehow my throttle stuck, I think, and I spun him, spun him out. <laughs> And it spelled myself out why I did it, but I gave him the, as we were both sitting there facing each other, I gave him the wave. (laughs) And so when we're lining back up, I got pushed off first and I'm like, man, better, better pull these belts a little bit tighter. (laughs) I know this is coming and I, but I mean, I'm I'm waiting for it. And right at the last minute I heard him and I, I just kind of turned right a little bit. He went over my left rear, come down, and it broke his oil pan, and he was done for the night. So I kind of got like you know a double, a double celebration, I guess that night. I remember sitting in stands, and 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 at that time I was the Sammy fan, and I I go, what the hell did he just do that for? Because I I just being in the stands, I did not really see what happened, but. That's that's interesting that, that now it all makes sense. That's a pretty cool story. It's funny you mentioned that, Brad, because I think that was my first outlaw race I ever attended. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's not something, I man. You know, that's what I was talking the other day. They're asking if I ever crashed anybody on purpose, and I'm I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I've ever done anything. And I went, oh wait, <laughs> I did send a guy out on purpose. Uh, that's too funny. All right, well, Paul, I want to thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day, joining us on this uh, little low-budget uh, podcast we got going on. So uh, thanks for jumping on. Uh, we enjoyed the stories, and uh, we hope uh, to see you in victory lane this week, and hopefully. Yeah, good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. If you ever want to do this again, I, I enjoy telling stories. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just fun to do. So if you guys ever want me back, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. All right, All right thank you. And he, he didn't stand us up like our uh, Wyndham and uh, Stewart did, so yeah. we, we appreciate okay. that. <laughs> no problem, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks a lot, Paul. We'll talk yep. to you later. See you guys. Bye-bye. All right, that was Paul McMahon on the phone with us. Uh, great well, great storyteller. Oh, that was badass. If you didn't enjoy that, uh, I, I feel sorry for you because that was pretty cool. Yeah, outlaw. You know, a longtime outlaw, just one of the great guys in the sport. You know, I mean, nobody's got anything bad to say about him. It isn't, you know, Paul, he just – just fantastic, and we're just happy to have him on and some great stories for us. And uh, you know, upbeat guy, really upbeat guy. Speaking of that, I think I, I compare him a little bit to the Hodgenschild in the fact that I don't know that I've heard anybody say anything bad about McMahon. Nobody hates Jack Hodgenschild, 
And I, 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 I don't know that I've ever heard anything say anything bad about Paul McMahon. So that's, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of people who hate Sammy, though. Two out of three in this room, I think. But <laughs> other than that. <laughs> no, no, I, I became a Sammy fan. I, I enjoy watching him. I you think know, uh, I think Kevin has helped that out a lot. I yeah, with respect me, so. Sam. You know, okay, I could be totally wrong. I think when Sammy didn't have aspirations to move on past them dirty tracks, that that's when I started liking. Because we, we finally kind of settled in and like, you know what? I'm an outlaw sprint car driver, and that's what I am. And and you know, and then especially as he's gotten older, the whole the still winning phase and all that. You know, that's why he just seemed it just seemed a lot more fun. Yeah, I think, and now that he's towards the end of his career, that he's just enjoying things a little bit more, mm-hmm. and and he's still pretty competitive most nights, and so it's it's just enjoyable. But but uh, like Paul and I talked, we have talked over the years about some things, and uh, uh, it was so funny. They were both driving for CJB Motorsports, and uh, I tweeted something about, "Hey, CJB, maybe we need to have a a team T-shirt of my two favorite drivers on it," and uh, and. Uh, Paul sent me a private message that said, easy killer. <laughs> and so, but uh, sure enough, it happened in Knoxville, and I have one of those in my closet, uh, uh, a CJB Motorsports car with the 51 and the 1 on it. That is awesome. Very nice. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back with some, uh, I guess, buckle your seatbelts, boys. And yes, sir. We're going yeah. to have our little own ranty McRanters thing going on. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. It's time for Thunder Relive. We dig deep into the USAC vault to relive the heroes of Thunder from yesteryear. Relive all the thrills, spills, and greatest moments from USAC's sprint, midget, and silver crown history with a roundtable in-depth discussion from USAC's key figures, past and present. Watch Thunder Relive every Thursday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, I guess shit's about to get serious now. So, uh, <laughs> so we we mentioned earlier that uh, nice. there was a bunch of uh, drivers that got tested positive with COVID. Uh, Knoxville ended up canceling their season because of it. Uh, my opinion, and this is my opinion only. I, don't, I can't speak for everybody else, but there is one common denominator in that, and it wasn't Knoxville. It was the bar across the street. Absolutely. I'm going to put a little uh, side note here. If you don't, if you're tired of hearing about COVID. Probably ought to just yeah. shut her off right just, now because. Thanks yeah. for listening. Clock on out, boys. This is going to be a rant about COVID and how it's affecting us and our race race family. And so I'm just telling you right now, shut off right now if you don't want to hear about it. But uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that Knoxville's taken the fall for the the party that happened at Dingus. Um, they they had a uh, just like always. They have a huge crowd there. Um, Knoxville Raceway. They practice social distancing. You could only sit in every yeah, even, I, even I, row. Even I watched it on Dirt Vision. It was mm-hmm. every other row, and it changed rows every night. And there, so one night it was even rows, one night it was odd rows. There were no masks there to be seen, and, and people were even policing it themselves. I mean, you could see tweets that say, hey, some dumbass tried to sit right beside me, and I told him he had to leave, and he got mad. But, but the group around him supported him, and the, the people left. So I think Knoxville did okay. The only thing that hindsight's twenty twenty. The only thing that they probably should have not allowed was fans going into the pits. Yeah, but but uh, I, I think they did what they had to do to try to hold a race like that and make some money and 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 so forth. So I don't blame Knoxville for this. Knoxville Raceway. Um, it's the the dipsticks that were hanging out, and my daughter was one of them hanging out at Dingus, and and I think that's the the the, the 
place where most of this took place. You know, you have such a... Um, I made the line that, you know, the only thing to get around Knoxville faster than Kyle Larson was the Rona. That's right. That's but, awesome. um, that was an quick awesome Quick time. <laughs> yeah. New track record. New track record. But um, the... You had such a perfect storm there because unlike some of these, uh, you know, you say, we, we've been going, what, two months or so when we're not having that kind of thing affecting drivers. Say, okay, yep. well, what is it? Well, they brought it from somewhere else. No. You have the whole, uh, like I said, the dingus, the parties, the whole communal thing. And I think that was, that probably factored in a little bit of what canceled the late mall show is. Yep. You just have that whole gathering that, is, that was very unique to Knoxville. And I think it just set up a storm that maybe they – didn't anticipate or well in knoxville's case what were they going to do i yeah. mean they can't close the dingus but yeah i think that the allies kind of let their guard down too at the start everybody at the did. start of all of this when they were racing everybody had to wear a mask even though those fake ones that have face paintings on them stuff they're so thin that they don't do a whole lot of good anyway and people will say face masks don't work anyway but there's argument out for that anyway um the, they were wearing face masks. They were social distancing. They were parking the trailers. Um, uh, there was a spot in between Every other each face. one. Mm-hmm. So fans were not allowed in the pits. So things were working out for them. They let their guard down. Masks disappeared. Um, close contact happened. Parking right beside each other. And the perfect storm happened in Knoxville. Well, and, you know, and, and so put some of that on the World Outlaws. I mean, because these are your assets. Absolutely. You, and you got to protect your assets. And, you know, so they talk about these platinum drivers and we're going to make all these rules around them. You got to think about that whole group. And I guess I always wondered, you know, what happened to the whole the whole biometric scan that was supposed to catch guys? You know, was that being used? Did yeah. not work? What You know, I mean, obviously it's it's kind of a, you know, catching the horse after the barn door, you know, right. closing the barn door after the horse got out. But what it, it just if you're the world outlaws and you see that they've they've tightened restrictions down again yeah i believe now there's no uh no fans in the pits after the races and i think masks, dry, masks are going to be required and whatnot and so. there used to be a only four members per team including the driver i don't know if that's going to be i don't know i reached out since i am since i am going to the outlaw races uh, this weekend um my plan is to go to cameron on saturday and i80 on sunday I reached out to their, their PR media guy who pr- approves our credentials, and I go, with you guys rolling back and you know, uh, tightening your restrictions a little bit, is there anything that I should know? I haven't heard anything back, so you know, I, I can't speak for, yeah. for anything, but I believe, like, you know, no fans. I, I for myself, is just I'm going to hang out in the corner. I don't intend to hang, go talk to anybody. Um, they make Zoom lenses for a reason. <laughs> well, and, and, and what's really unfortunate is David Gravel posted, I think it was yesterday on Twitter, that he had an email from an angry dad that uh, um, he was disappointed in David Gravel for not fist bumping his son that went into the pits to, to see David. And David said that, hey, in this COVID times, he is not taking any chances. And he shouldn't have to explain himself in today's world, but apparently he did, and some dad took offense to him not fist bumping his son. I don't and, blame him one bit. I, I absolutely these guys race to eat. Yeah, and I mean, and every every night he's out, and like Paul McMahon, you know, Darren Pittman, Craig, Kim, every and these guys every night they're out is is a night that they, they there's no vacation. Yeah, here. they yeah. don't get paid for that night. No, they're working, and they have to show up. They have to race to you know make a living, and to the. Idiots be like, oh, kids can't get COVID. They can transmit it. Yeah. So who's to say your little 
booger eating kids licking his fingers, you know, go gives a driver a fist bump. Guess what? That driver's. If I was a driver, I'd stand in my trailer and just stand there. I, I wouldn't shake hands. I w- right now, I wouldn't shake hands, take pictures. I, I just couldn't take that chance, among many other reasons. And, and for those of you that think this is all political and stuff, I, I'm, I'm sorry if this is my opinion and this is kind of our opinion here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, if, you're, if you're comfortable doing that, go for it. Have your fun. Um, but don't start me. A, don't start a GoFundMe page when you have big medical bills to pay. The, the fact that we politicized the global pandemic is asinite to me. Yeah. It's what guys where we're at. Yeah. Well, that's what I told my brother the other day. Do you think the people in South Africa and Italy and New Zealand give a rat's ass who our president is? They don't care. And they're going no. through the exact same thing that we are. So um, it just, it's unfortunate. It, it, everybody's suffering from it and nobody likes it. So most of, we're all on the same page here that it sucks, but we have to, we have to do what we have to do. I mean, I deal with this every day and you don't know how sick and tired I'm here. I, I am of hearing COVID. Um, I told my wife yesterday when I got home, I, I don't want to talk about COVID because I'm so sick and tired of it, but it, it, it's, it's reality and we have to deal with it. And it's unfortunately it's affected the race family now and things are changing and we're going back to more restrictions and more limitations. And I wanted to ask if, if Eagle has any plans of, kind of changing what they're doing or if they're just pretty happy with what they're doing and because they've been lucky not, as far as i know nothing's really occurred out there which is great so more power to them keep keep plugging away and keep racing but uh i'm just i i, I it's really unfortunate that this all happened and knoxville took the fall for it for something that i truly believe happened across the street yeah it's i don't know what eagle's doing i know that i th- i think eagle's lucky in that it has so much space that it's kind of hard to – it's hard to – you know, unless you're going to run some big show, it's hard to crowd those guys in. So kind of the whole thing is, oh, hey, 75%, you know, and I got 2,000 people. Well, that's about all you're going to get anyway. Yeah. So, so so you're saying there's a lot of people like me and we just stay home anyway, right? Well, and that's what I wonder too. And I think <laughs> with this year, you know, there's guys staying home, maybe limiting your exposure to the whole thing, uh, maybe not taking a trip to the pits or just kind of keeping space, you know, thinking about it. And we're fortunate here, you know, it's a local crowd. I mean, that's the other thing you got with Knoxville. You had people from all over the Absolutely. country. You know, around here, it's Lincoln. And fortunately, for you know, whatever reasons you want to cite, I, have my, I know why, but whatever reasons you think, we have a pretty low amount of, you know, COVID transmission going on right. here. So, I, you know, that's, that's numbers working for you. But, um, you know, but you take a look, and if, if you took a look at uh, Iowa's page, you know, took a look at Marion County uh, around Knoxville time, and this was cases inside Marion County. Now you know why the Knoxville, yeah. you know, the county board, the Marion County Yeah, board, I, I, don't, I don't blame it, Knoxville one day. huge. No. I don't blame them one bit. It was, it was inevitable. To, I mean, ever, I guess there's a lady on the city council that absolutely did not want Knoxville, the one and only Cappy Classic, to even happen. And so this just gave them a lot of inform- uh, ammunition to, to cancel. And a lot of people on the fair board are old men, and they're, they're the ones that are in danger. And, and now a couple of track workers got it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess 11 Knoxville public school teachers missed the first day of school because they were in quarantine because they work at Dingus. They work at the racetrack. They work at the Cone Corner, the ice cream place there. Yeah. So um, a lot of people miss work because of this and so i think it was inevitable it was going to happen and it's just it's just unfortunate it affected the community yeah yeah one thing i've always and i you know i kind of i was we probably should ask paul about it um uh 
you got like in Knoxville, you guys got the fans coming in the stands, but they work on their cars in the parking lots, and the fans walk up there. I mean, how comfortable are these guys with all these random ass people coming up and talking? I mean, when hell, when Jason and I were at the uh, the midget show. I had some dumbass come up. Oh, you take pictures, you know, right in my face. I'm like, dude, get the fuck oh, away. We, I mean, we were at the t-shirt trailer. Yeah. And we were having to back them off. You know, I'm like, it was dude. ridiculous. Well, and and you, you've seen it. Um, everybody wants a picture of Kyle Larson. Everyone wants a picture of shots. So they come up and they put their arm around him. Why do you need to do that? You're an adult. Stand right beside him, take a picture yeah. and leave. And, and I'm sure that it makes them uncomfortable, but they don't want to be rude because then they're going to get that email about why in the heck were you so rude. And, yeah, and and you so, got the David Gravel situation. I just mean, ha- just I, 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 I don't sense. get it. People, common sense. People are too worried about themselves to, uh, to look for the greater good, in yeah. my opinion. So well, with all that being said. Yeah. If well, like you said, Brad, there's always another race. Always another race. And, uh, and I'm going to hate that I've only seen two this year, but uh, – Maybe I'll get to see 32 next year. I don't know. We'll I've see. watched a lot on TV. Yeah, yeah we've watched a lot on TV. Tell you, I, we've talked about this before. Flow Vision and Dirt Vision, worth the money. Worth the money. After you, after the race, you go 20 steps to bed and you're sleeping. So Plus uh, the beer's a lot cheaper. Yeah, a lot cheaper. And, and <laughs> no arguably, line arguably, in the arguably a lot better, too. All right. So. Um, uh, before we go, um, I'm going to mention that next week uh, is Race Saver Nationals Week. We have Jason Martin coming on, uh, already confirmed. He is the defending champion of uh, the Race Saver Nationals, so awesome. it would be cool to hear from him. Cool. Uh, we might reach out to one of those Knoxville track champions or even maybe an Eagle Raceway official or so and you know, kind of preview that show a little bit since it's since it technically is the uh, the big race in the Nebraska area, so it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I like it. It's it's a big deal. Roger makes it a big deal. Um, so it's it's a good yeah. It's it's good. It yeah. Was it um, okay? All right, I'm going to be that guy. You know, was it the you know 2002 where you had the SCRA and then the you know outlaws for two nights? No, but no. But it's, it's this is its own deal. It's, it's a lot totally of sprint different. cars. It's, it's a lot good of racing. Cars. And plus, you know, with me and Jason, we get to hang out with some friends in the infield that we don't only, only get to see maybe once or twice a year. So maybe bratch it up, bring out the camera again, hang out with yeah. us, uh, tell some stories and, and whatnot. So. Well, Roger must be doing something right out there because you said there was 108 cars pre-entered so far. I think 108 far. was That's, the last I saw. If, if he treated the, the teams that are from, especially from out of state, bad, they wouldn't keep coming back. So uh, I know he has like a barbecue there for the teams and stuff, so... He he does some stuff to try to take care of the the drivers that support him. So that's that's pretty cool. Plus, there's Doctor Danger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude gave me a heart attack. <laughs> he gave us all a heart yeah. attack. Holy crap! Oh, Set his girlfriend on fire, an explosion, and then I'm just like skipped a beat. And it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. I, I just start getting mad at that point. All right. Well, that that's gonna do it. We're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, thanks for checking in with us, and we will catch everybody on the flip side. Have a good night, series fans. See ya.